Welcome to the Think and Grow podcast with your host, Dr. Z and Today, we are going to be focusing on a rising star, Keith Washington. Keith's got a great story. He does a ton of different stuff, and I'm so excited to get going with you, Keith. I just want to start before we get into any of it. I don't know if you remember this, but the very first time I re- ever remember meeting you was on a, a, a listing. I went to look at a house. You were with that guy. I don't remember his name from Coldwell Banker, but that was the very first time that, and I don't know why it stuck in my head that I remembered you, but I remember that because maybe because it was so early on in my career with real estate, right? Mm-hmm. So that was my very first, and you and I have got to know each other a little bit over the years, so I'm super excited to get into this with you. Tell us all about how you became a rising star, how you got started, all of that. Well, well, number one, thank you for having me. I'm honored to uh, to be able to speak to you guys um, and obviously to learn more about you guys. You, you two are two of my favorite people in the world, so I'm absolutely humbled and honored that you have me on this uh, on your podcast. Hopefully, uh, I can show my face a lot more in the future. Um, but a little bit about me. My name is Keith Washington, based out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I am a real estate broker, real estate investor, uh, serial entrepreneur across many different sectors, including franchise owner, Airbnb host, Turo, and the list goes on. Um, my background has always been with real estate. Real estate and business has been my bread and butter. I've been a real estate investor full-time for about 14 plus years. And I am a husband, a father, God-fearing man who wants to live the, leave the world in a better place than I found it. That's pretty much a little bit about me. I can attest to that, Keith, because, you know, we've been talking about your latest venture. And one of the things that stood out to me was how you valued what their values in terms of running the business and the culture and all of that. So, yeah, you are totally in alignment. You have a ton of integrity. I really admire. And like I said, I've been watching you from afar for quite a few years now. And I'm like, go, man, go. And you definitely are. I definitely appreciate it. So, Keith, um, what kind of got you started in real estate? You know, what was your whole thinking process? Were you Did you right away want to have your own business um, coming up? Or did you always have an idea to have a job? Yeah. Branch so out? What was your... Basically, how did you get started in real estate? Yeah. Uh, I would say a good part of my life, um, since I was a kid, I've been an entrepreneur from obviously cutting grass, shoveling uh, snow, raking leaves, uh, different businesses like that, pop-up snacks, selling things at school. Uh, So I got bit with the entrepreneurial bug pretty early in life. So it wasn't until I was like maybe 16 or 17 where I had an idea what I wanted to do with my life. Um, By the age of 17, um, my high school teacher had one point um, handed me a book by Robert Kiyosaki called Rich Dad Poor Dad. Everybody's <laughs> that's um, it's funny because you have that knowledge, you know that um, the scattered knowledge, but then to see everything in writing in front of you and able to base it off and apply, that was all the gas I needed to gas me up. So by 
18, I think, no, 17 and a half, I had my first credit card. It was a college credit card. I started building my credit. And by the age of 19 to 20, I bought my first house, the uh, house hack, live-in investments, stayed upstairs, ran out the downstairs, then got into wholesaling uh, via bird dogging. Basically, you know, bird dogging is selling information to the motivated sellers to other investors and letting them run with it. <clears throat> Made a few hundred bucks off that just by passing information, realized like, wow, this works. Uh, instead of giving it to somebody else, let me expand my knowledge on the whole process and got into assignments, double closings. By this time, it's 2011, then got licensed as a realtor. And once I got licensed as a realtor, I'm able to, I was able to work the deals a lot better because now I have real estate contract knowledge and I'm able to craft a perfect offer that allowed me to protect myself, also protect the sellers, but also pass that bill on to the end buyer with confidence instead of um, there's no contracts written on the back of a napkin, you know, and that's like, this is more comprehensive state approved contract. So the end buyer actually, you know, I'm able to add a level of credibility to the end buyer who's buying these properties from me or taking on assignments. And from there on, then the bonus was, I was like, oh, I, I'm actually getting paid to sell other people's houses. So now I'm an investor and a realtor making a commission there, but also still do my flips and rehabs. By this time, I'm, I'm ripping and running. So about five years ago to the day, uh, I went off and started my own brokerage, Boardwalk Realty. And now I have seven agents up under Boardwalk and growing. And this, our focus still remains with focusing on motivated sellers, buyers, first time buyers, and investment investors. So that's pretty much how I got started and where I am in real estate. So when was it that you realized as a salesperson, right? You're like, I got this selling houses stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was um, so the, the best part about uh, it was a blessing and a curse. Because when I got licensed in 2011, it was at the bottom of the market. Everybody, it was foreclosures galore. Everybody, <laughs> you know, for the pennies on the dollars. And that's where I was, I took off. So I started off at a big box broker, then uh, stayed there for about three months but realized I wasn't getting what I needed. Then jumped ship to another broker. It was an independent broker. But at this time, at that moment in time, he was the number one REO broker. So real estate owned foreclosure broker in Milwaukee. First week there, I'm knocking deals out the park, selling things to buyers and everybody else. Wow. Bottom of the recession. So I cut my teeth on foreclosures and distressed properties mm -hmm. from have to HUD homes to city properties to... I was on averaging selling anywhere from six to 10 a month Whoa. Uh, when I was there. Um, so that was, um, it was, it was a good learning experience, obviously taking on a lot, a little bit of, a lot more knowledge there, uh, more trial by fire, I would say. So what motivated me was the, mostly just like, obviously the money. Uh, and the financial, the financial wealth, the long-term wealth, was motivated me. Uh, more millionaires are made in real estate than any other sector, so I took that knowledge and ran with it. God ain't making no more dirt, um, and here it is. So I wanted to buy some bricks. 
What did, did, did you ever have um, any significant struggles where you doubted yourself or doubted your belief that you could really make be make it successful? Yeah, I was going to ask that struggle question and it, man, ripping and roaring right out of the gate. Uh, but you must have had some kind of struggles early on. Yeah, most definitely. So I was been in real estate for 14 years. So it wasn't until uh 2013 2012 so i jumped back and forth uh from full-time to part-time full-time to part-time real estate and so i had jumped back into the rat race if you will um a couple times mostly just for this job security and the doubt myself but it was a moment in time where i was just fed up with what i was doing um at my nine to five at the time so i was in the airlines for about five years I uh, worked at Midwest Airlines, Southwest, and AirTran, and, or Midwest, AirTran, Southwest. And I left AirTran in, or Southwest in 2013. And then I made the leap of faith uh, with $5,000 in savings. And basically, <laughs> I had to figure it out because the struggle was real. Obviously, there was many doubts in the sense of, like, can I do this full time? Because as a realtor, we're strictly commission-based. Like if we're not out killing, we're not out eating. Uh, so if we're not closing deals, um, so that's where my investor knowledge was able to supplement my realtor income. I was able to wholesale a property, flip a property, flip, flip, and buy a rental to start building up that residual income to have consistent income in between commissions. So that was the biggest struggle right there was uh, finding deals. Like I had to hustle hard and there were sleepless nights, uh, late nights um, up trying to market or prospect or get my name out there, go to different networking events, so on and so forth. And obviously if we reconnected from the local real estate chapter, uh, real estate investor chapter in 2013 uh, called the Milwaukee RIA. And that was one of the biggest struggles was to find where I needed to be. Where do I need to be to really engage and network with the right people? And that's one of the many, many um, real estate platforms that I'm a part of too in the Milwaukee area. So that's one of the biggest struggles with that was for me was getting started, jumping in both feet and weathering the storm of being a full-time entrepreneur, which is scary. You know, people are so comfortable with their guarantee money, but that job and the guarantee money was holding me back from what I really wanted to do, which was real estate and business. So that was my why. Um, but now that I have a son, he's my new why, per se. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but times goes on with that. So can you think of a clear cut breakthrough? I would say the clear cut breakthrough was, um, I would say making that leap of faith into uh, leap of faith into real estate. So the adversities that I've had to overcome, obviously, is like nobody, I had no one to really teach me the game when I got in. I had to learn the game on my own through trial and error. Um, the best part was at the time, there was a lot of free information out there, a lot of paid information. I spent thousands upon thousands on education from different real estate gurus, quote unquote, uh, the Carlton sheets of the, uh, of the day. Uh, still, I think I still have those manuals and the books and the programs. Um, 
but it was, it gave me a start. And basically, so the, the biggest adversities was understanding, like, I'm in this to win it. If this is what I want to do, I have to apply myself. There's no turning back. Um, there was a point in time where I got light-footed and jumped into another job as like a second option, but realized I made the wrong move. And that's when I went back and like, nope. And when I quit that job, it was, I didn't need the job at the time. I had applied for like four times and they actually called me back. So it was more of a tester, like, okay, let me see what this is like. Met a lot of good, awesome people who are friends and clients to this day. However, working for that company was cool and fulfilling, but it was not my passion. It was not where I wanted to be. So that's one of my biggest um, adversities, I would say, is overcoming the fear of failing. Like we all still, even down to this day, we all have a fear of failing, but try to set that fear of failure to the side and understand what my, what my true vision is and how every move, every decision I make applies like how am I how are they helping me to accomplish my vision yeah and I was going to say with with not a lot of mentors and role models particularly growing up in Milwaukee you know where there are a lot of disparities particularly for my my minorities what is it or is there a particular person that kind of helped you or or allowed you to kind of look beyond to see what possibilities were available to you because the environment may not have been so encouraging. I can guess what one person he might throw in there. Yeah, absolutely. So there was, um, I have the pleasure of speaking to uh, a, a good person at this very moment. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the, there was a lot of um, mentors and people who influenced me over the years. The best part is that um, a lot of these people are friends in the real estate community and business community, and they were mentors to me and they didn't even know it. Mm. Yes, there's so much to learn just by asking questions and also just um, being able to not just take, but also give and pour into them. So I had to make the decision like years ago, like it's so cliche, but you surround yourself with those you want to be like or aspire to be. Um, so if I'm the smartest one in the room, I'm in the wrong room right now. Um, so once I start surrounding myself and um, taking on direct mentorship, and Patrick was, um, you were the first um, direct coach and mentor that I ever had. Um, so he was a springboard to putting me into being able to go out and ask these questions or have this uh, accountability partner. You only can get so far in your goals and your achievement by yourself. At some point, you're going to have to relearn or learn from someone. And it's not even a bad thing. You're learning from others who have already been down that road that you can see they, they hit that road bump. So as you're traveling down the same road, they can tell you, hey, <laughs> jump over that pothole. Um, so you don't have to make the same mistakes they have. So that's very important, but also if you're, it's, it's taking advice from the right people. Uh, I can't, it's hard to say, like, I listen to everybody. And of course, it's on your, it's on you to filter the information that comes through. Like, okay, does this really apply to me? How can I apply it to myself and to my business and my life? And then you go from there. Obviously, if somebody's not doing, if I'm talking about asking a question about a particular subject, and this person has never 
experienced or actually participated in the subject and given me advice, that's not the right person to be taking advice from. So if I want to talk about millions of dollars, I need to talk to millionaires about millions of dollars and asking questions like, what's working for you? What's not working for you? How did you get to where you are? What would you suggest? What, how did you get started? It's just questions, things. <laughs> I've taken countless, a lot of people out to drinks uh, and coffee just to have that moment of time. But now I have direct mentors and business and life coaches and my life coach and business coach even has a coach himself. So he's even proven for, uh, like proof that you can't do it all alone. So that was- It uh, definitely uh, takes a village, right? That's what Dr. Z likes to say. It, it takes a village. You're not gonna get there on your own. It's going to be up to you, but you really need all these people in your life in order to you in order for you to get to where it is you want to go absolutely yeah you can't you only can do so much on your own and that's where the the mentorship uh program and um, my mentor now is i have monthly meetings monthly calls um quarterly in-person masterminds so that i'm now in a room of 15 to 20 high-performing entrepreneurs so it's not just one now I'm, I'm surrounding myself with many teams of uh, other entrepreneurs who also, some below me, some above me, but all have the same drive and ambition and the want to get their life and business into new heights. Well, what are the, some, of the, some of the challenges that you are facing now that being in these masterminds and sharing ideas and strategies, has there been some really key things that you've gleaned from that that's kind of helping you as you're facing some struggles, potentially some struggles even now? Yeah, absolutely. So there's been a lot of different challenges, even just being in part of a mastermind and even just having a coach. Um, the biggest thing is like also being in the room and understanding that you are worthy to be in that room, to be in that, mm -hmm. uh, that crowd. Cause it's so easy to be in there. Like, if, like have that mindset to go into this room and you want to absorb, but you're also there as a responsibility to pour into others, you know, a, a empty cup can't pour into another empty cup. So <laughs> I'm able to, have my cup filled, but also pour into others in that room. So that's one of the challenges with me is just understanding like, okay, rethinking and asking the right questions because we're there for a reason to help and build each other up. And obviously just more, just open your mind and mindset to the whole mentorship. Uh, that was the challenge too. Like, okay, cool. You know, I'm actually paying to be a part of this program and it's not even about the money, it's more about the accountability. Like, okay, hey, I'm actually investing in myself. It's not just a fee that I'm paying, but I mean, that's an investment into myself, into my businesses and to my family. And that was um, also a mindset shift and challenge that I had to overcome with that. So do you feel that because now you've got your, your hands on, on multiple opportunities, right? You, you're a multiple business owner now, I believe, right? So do you feel like as you've grown your businesses, the challenges, I would imagine, get larger? And how do you, what have you done to 
take on those challenges and meet the challenges and solve the problems. Yeah. And that's, I would say one trait of any entrepreneur is easily to like, is to get squirrely to understand like, okay, Hey, there's multiple different businesses, business ventures, but understanding like, Hey, what's your, what's your mental bandwidth? Like how much can you physically take on in the day to day? And that was a challenge for me because it's the fear of failure would drive my urge and want to start another business. I will start another business in 15 minutes just because I could run the numbers. The numbers work, but at the end of the day, what's my time worth? How much time am I actually invested in this? Uh, for instance, I was uh, I had the opportunity to invest in a, uh, a different restaurant and it was a client who was buying it. It was a legacy restaurant in Milwaukee. And it was one of those things that I actually asked my coach, like, hey, this is, what do you think about this? This is where I'm going. I'm thinking about buying this. I'm getting 25% uh, ownership in this for, with no cash investment. So just like, yeah, it's not monetary investment, but that 25% comes with my time. And that's when I'm like, where's my, how much time am I spending there? Because time is money at the same time. And while I still have another business that at the time had that demanded a lot of my attention um, at that given moment in time as I was building. So, and also being a 25% owner, I don't have majority say, or even a good voting um, in that. So there's different oppositions that would have came with that. So the challenge being like, number one, just shift, sifting through the nonsense, what works? And um, there was a book that my coach had me read called The Pumpkin Plan. And The Pumpkin Plan, basically the premise is these champion two, three, four ton pumpkin growers, it's all these pumpkins start with a, as a normal pumpkin in this large, extremely large pumpkin patch. And the farmers have to identify the, the pumpkins with the most potential and to cut off all the small ones, get rid of all the small ones so all the resources can flow into the big ones. Same thing for businesses, getting, getting rid of all your problem clients. Like the, if somebody calls and you cringe if you see a name and you really don't wanna to talk to that person, that's a person, why are you entertaining that person in your life? And, or even in your business, but that one person will call and be like, oh, you're, you answer on the second ring and you're, you enjoy talking to the person, those are the clients that you want to surround yourself for to those clients because those clients are gonna refer better clients to you as well, as opposed to the one who are the time suckers, the, the leeches and just the overall headache for you. So, so what, what would you say to a young Keith Washington? Let's go back to the teenage you and he had a mentor like you, a role model. What's some advice you would give to a young person starting out who maybe wants to get into real estate or just business in, in general? Maybe a young African-American male growing from Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. And actually, you'll be amazed at how many people approach me um, on the regular. I get a lot of inboxes and a lot of messages like, teach me the game. I'm like, I, me, I'm, I'm a giver and I, I will regurgitate information for hours straight but then it's on them to actually apply it. My advice would be number one, focus. Um, that's something that I struggle with and I know my weaknesses and like, it's hard for me to focus. And when I say focus as in don't be squirrely, 
Like, okay, here, focus on your core businesses. What's, what do you have on your plate now? Look at it like, can you have the mental bandwidth to take on anything? So as a, and the next part of focus will be to educate yourself. Educate, there, in this time and, and time and day and age, there's a lot of free information out there. YouTube University, you can start there. There's a wealth of knowledge just on YouTube in itself. And there's a lot of free knowledge, but then if you will learn a nugget here, but then it's on you to expand in that knowledge. I think I could become a doctor if I wanted to off of YouTube. <laughs> but at this, the amount of content that's available at your fingertips is just educate. So focus, educate, and apply. You can get into a habit of um, what you call it analysis paralysis, where you will analyze and get stuck, like have all this information so much that you become stuck and you can't move. You have to jump eventually. You have to take that leap. It's only no, there's no better time than a present to get started. We're only getting older and there's no expiration date on hustle. Colonel Sanders, how, I don't know how old he was when he first started. Um, 60s. Uh, in the Somewhere, 60s. Yeah. Oh, it's like, and he had a whole bunch of no's, but he still applied and still had to drive. So it's uh, focus, uh, educate, and apply will be my my three, um, uh, what do I say, uh, piece of the nugget, a piece of advice, I would say. Yeah. How about get the hell out of your comfort zone people right i see this all the time that people that can't transcend that getting out of that safe kitty pool yeah you right? have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable exactly and that's i have to tell myself too like in going to networking events when i am the only person there that i know that's is the anxiety driving struggle. But at the same time, for me going to different networking events over the years and realizing, you know, you've been networking wrong. Like what the first thing a lot of people do is go into these networking events and the first thing they do is seek people that they know. I was now, and I will end up talking and just jabbering with those people, but now I make it a goal to meet one new person, at least a bare minimum one new person and ask them how, like ask them about their business ask them about things that they're doing right, what's working for them, what's not working for them, and how do I know if I'm talking to the right client for you? So Patrick, if you sell window blinds, let's just say window shades, and I'm talking to a person, I'm like, hey, what's the ideal, Patrick, what's the ideal client for you? And you give me a list like, hey, somebody who's first time buyer, uh, investor, landlord, perfect. You know what, I got somebody for you. And if I send you two, three leads, they say, hey, Keith sent me, Keith sent me. That's going to be a nugget in your head. Like, Keith put money in my pocket. What's going to be that automatically to you? You should be like, you know what? Somebody just called me and said they're looking to sell a house. I'm putting new blinds in the house that they're getting ready to sell. I know a guy. Keith, Keith can help you. And that's one of those things, too, is um, as you navigate that, too. So that I would say. Yeah, so connecting and the law of reciprocity, right, is yeah. huge. Yeah, Don't so, oh, hi, Keith. I'm Patrick. Here's my card. Here's what I do. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Don't yeah. do that. People I know, but, you know, that's one of the things, too. You know, uh, the best business is referral business, you know, and that uh, that legit just call, 
nothing in life is hard. People make things hard. But if you can make things easier, it costs me nothing to refer somebody to you. And it costs you nothing to refer it to me. And that's the best business. People pay thousands for leads in business. But just having that relationship with different people is priceless. Well, what, what's coming up next for you? So you've got your, your brokerage, which you're continuing to expand that. And then you're also on having this Big B Coffee franchise. Yep, Big B Coffee. Never better, <laughs> always better. So that's another, uh, so I've owned Big B for almost two, three years. I'm a co-owner in this location. So my business partner were 50-50 owners in this, uh, in this business. Um, and I could talk a whole hour just about franchise, but obviously there's a lot of pros and cons to having a franchise, but the overwhelming pro is like, you have a brand behind you. You have a brand and support there. You don't have to go through the birthing pains of going through and building a brand. You know, you look at brands like McDonald's, McDonald's, like you can drive down and all you need to see is the golden arches. And you know exactly what the brand is. The brand is worth more than the business itself. And that's when you have the support of that. And because if you go to Big B in Franklin, Wisconsin, 7700 South Lovers Lane, <laughs> the Big B in, there's two in Sheboygan, there's one in Plymouth, there's one in Appleton that's coming soon, there's one in Marshfield, there's one in Wausau, there's one in Red Mountain, there's going to be one in West Dallas. So you're all, you're going to get the same quality the same people the same energy that you'll get at any other location so that's the, one of the biggest things about that uh about having a franchise and to get to franchise uh this one big b is real estate laid the paving stone for me to invest in big b uh big b is it's a godsend in a sense of i can see the long-term benefit of it besides getting uh selling coffee to people and making their day brighter um, we opened up at the tail end of the pandemic. So it was hard in the sense of figuring out and having a struggle and anxiety, like this is going to work, but also having a faith and trust in the systems that Big B provided us and the training they gave us said, hey, as long as you follow this, you'll be successful. Sounds like it's definitely a long-term wealth building vehicle that people if you're out there considering it, now's the time because eventually this market is going to saturate and that opportunity, the window's open, right? <laughs> yeah, and, if, and the coffee is, you know, that's coffee brings people together, even as a realtor. You know, I was, I've met a lot of clients and done business in coffee shops. So now I invested in one. I invested in the water hole that people were partaking in. So now, now I can actually, it's like when you come to my coffee shop, it's like me bringing you into my home. Get comfortable. Come to the back. Let's say here, let me make you a cup of coffee. And the one good thing that I love about Bigby is one of their mission statement is that we exist to support you in building the life that you love. And and it's not even that, it's more than like even on the cups itself, it says we love the people, uh, we love our coffee. We love the people behind our coffee even more. So it's more than just, and they, they mean that as far as I can talk years and days about the, the support that Big B gives, especially being a young black owner in a franchise. 
just uh, the word franchise is daunting. Uh, I, my partner and I, we looked at many different um, franchise concepts, maybe hundreds. And a lot of them just like want $1.5 million of liquid net worth. They want two plus years of training inside their, you have to be inside their system before you can even be considered. Big B has a support. It's a low franchise fee. They offer training. And they just want to see, hey, can you, are you financeable? And there are no corporate owned locations. Everything is 100% franchise owned. Each location is independently owned by a member of your community. So when you buy a cup, it's not just, and I have uh, about 24 employees just in our uh, location in Franklin, and we're working on a second location in Cudahy. So yeah, now is the time, especially in now, because it's more than just a coffee shop. It's a business, a business that has systems that you can pass on to others. When, uh, Did you say that that core value, the core values was the, like, Core value sold. Let's go. Let's go with this. Yes, absolutely. There was the core values. It's like there's nothing to hide with Big B. I met. Uh, I was. I went through a long, painstaking process with another franchise and was this close to signing on. Everything happens for a reason. And this particular franchise was so so secretive about their franchise disclosure document, which is a document that outlines every last detail of the franchise. They wanted to see this, 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 maybe 10 different times. And when I provided all these items, then they showed it to me and it wasn't what it cracked up to be. On the first meeting with um, our area rep for Bigby, the first, <laughs> the first thing he had to print it out in a binder like here, here you go. Here it is. We have nothing to hide. He was like, oh, I can email it to you too. Like here, so you can have it for, and that in itself, after experiencing what the other franchise went through, that was number one. Like they actually have nothing to hide. Here's the numbers. They're very transparent. This is who the, the co-CEOs are. And also the co-CEOs, they're entrepreneurs in the self. And uh, Mike McFall and Bob Fish, those people that I look up to now inside the big V uh, ecosphere. And then we call them Big B fanatics too. All the people who like Big B is Big B fanatics. Um, yeah. So as we wind down on this Think and Grow episode, are there any parting thoughts, words of wisdom that come to mind for you that you want to leave our listeners? Because, uh, you know, the big reason we came up with Think and Grow is because our passion is to create this, this, podcast that will help people that are like you 10 years ago when you were first starting out 15 years ago you know is there anything that you want to say as we wind down here absolutely so if i can a few nuggets like once again focus you know you have to focus on one thing makes one thing good excel at that then when you have the opportunity then you can expand um, definitely educate yourself. Once again, find, get knowledge, seek knowledge, uh, seek an expert in that particular field. Most millionaires don't know about this particular subject, but they know how to hire smart people who knows that subject. Um, so I don't know law. <laughs> I don't know how to uh, file whatever the case is, but 
I have three lawyers who I can easily call that who are experts in their field and apply. You have to make that jump eventually. Um, of course, um, you can't sit still. Um, for progress is where it needs to be. And piece of knowledge is uh, also do right. Do unto others that you want done to you. You know, this is, uh, that goes back to nothing in this world is hard. People make things hard. But if you can be that person that people, other people want to be around, other want to work with, that will catapult your business in many different ways. Just be, you don't have to be fake, you know, just be a good person. You know, don't, um, you have to be selfish in a sense of even selfish with your business too. You know, you can't open a business and your, your business always comes first as far as investing in a business. You bring in $100, $80 goes right back into that business. Make sure your business is healthy. Your business is a pumpkin too, uh, is a pumpkin. Your business needs resources. Reinvest in your business because you only can build so much if you've taken all that money. Your business won't be healthy. Um, other pieces uh, will be trusting yourself, believing yourself, you know, you are worthy um, to accomplish your goals and write down your goals, write down your vision, write it down. And once you write it down and actually see that plan, that vision and changing your mindset and, and understanding like, how can I get it done? How can I get it done? Think and grow, think, think of how can I get it done? Not that it can't be done, how can I get it done? If you sell yourself, ask yourself, how can I get this done? It's going to force you to actually think like, okay, what's the step? This is my, that's the finish line. And I'm at the start. How do I get to that standard finish line? You may be slow, you might be fast, but making that first step to the finish line is all you need. Just make that one step. It doesn't have to be perfect to get started. You don't have to see what it, it was a Martin Luther King quote. You don't have to see the maybe I'm, I could be butchering this. You don't have to see the entire staircase to take the first step. Oh, I'm paraphrasing. I don't know, but you get the you get the analogy. Yeah, yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thank thank you so much, Keith. Thank you for being on the show and dropping so many good nuggets and words of wisdom and um, giving. I think you give our give our listeners a lot of good um, ideas to move forward. With, with their dreams and goals and actions. Yeah, I got to tell you, I'm thinking this is a podcast, but really it's a mini mastermind between the three of us, right? <laughs> we bring you in. You're the guru today, imparting all your wisdom. Absolutely. People are going to learn a lot from all of the things. I hope that whoever's watching this, they're watching with pen and paper. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Because you laid down a ton of value in this podcast. Yes, you did. Definitely appreciate that. All right. Well, we're going to leave it there. Yeah. And we're definitely going to have you back on for the mega mentors. If you're going to talk for an hour on franchising, we can right. you know, get you on that segment and go all into this, you know, your journey on that one. So we look forward to having you back in the future. For sure. And thanks again for coming on. Yeah, yeah. Once again, I appreciate you guys for having me. You're very welcome. Okay, and thank you in advance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll.
is thinking and growing and learning and knowing and thinking and growing and learning and knowing. Yeah. Just thinking and growing and learning and knowing and thinking and growing and learning and knowing. Yeah. Yeah, with thinking and growing and learning and knowing and thinking and growing and learning and knowing. Yeah. With thinking and growing and learning and knowing and thinking and growing and learning and knowing. Yeah.